0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. The devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. Today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. What an amazing quote that I read just the other day and how it impacted my heart so powerfully. Every one of us is familiar with storms in life. Every one of us has been through a storm, is going through a storm, or if you haven't, I promise you there surely will be a storm in your life. And you and I can decide what is going to be our natural outcome of the storm. Because in different people's life, the same storm has come and people have taken different responses to the storms in their life. I know today in your life, you're probably going through a very difficult storm with the pandemic all around. There are many people whose businesses are shutting down. Families are going through challenging times. Finances are low. Many people, health is getting affected. Many are falling sick. But I want you to know in the midst of your storm, you can listen to the devil and believe what he says that you're not going to make it through the storm or you can tell the devil, Satan, I am the storm. I believe God is anointing his church to rise up in a mighty way and to spread its wings so that we can rise above the storm in a powerful way. You know, the Bible says that storms were very common in many, many people's lives. And when these kind of storms come in these different storylines of our or individual lives, the storms of our life, some storms are long and they just don't stop for a while. Some storms are short and, and they quickly come and they quickly pass. Some are intense storms that come really fast and leave in its trail an entire, a, entire city full of destruction, an entire region fully destroyed. Or some can be just persistent storms, slow and steady, beating again and again. It won't relent. And in many people's lives, some are able to handle the quick great storm some are able to handle the persistent ones, but many are not able to handle some of the other storms in their life. And as the devil begins to bring this in your life, I want to you to look with me today into the life of Apostle Paul and a storm that he went, went through. You see, in the different storms we go through in life, we see that some storms we're prepared for, some storms we're not prepared for. Some storms bring a great toll on our emotions, while others, they, they breeze through those storms. And we just know that the Holy Spirit has just helped us go through that storm. Yet many people get discouraged and they choose to walk away from the faith or they choose to walk away from the, the, the spirit filled life that God has called everybody to walk into. In the life of Apostle Paul, The storm that we're going to look at today is in the book of Acts in chapter 27 into 28, the whole storyline. But that storm really didn't begin in 27, 28. We see that that storm began in Acts 21. It didn't begin as a storm. It began as the advice of some of the apostles in Jerusalem that Paul listened to keenly, desiring to be obedient to the apostles of God that God has placed over him. The Bible says that when he had come to Jerusalem in Acts 21, the apostles advised him, why don't you go to the temple and why don't you give a sacrifice? And so the Jewish people in Jerusalem will not think that you're against Judaism. And just to honor them, Apostle Paul went and he went and did the sacrifice. And when he did that, some people had seen him in the temple and they began to attack him. And they dragged him outside the temple and there began a storm in his life that was going to go all the way till the end of the book of Acts. And it didn't finish in 10 verses. It wasn't that storm that finished in two lines. It wasn't a storm that finished in a chapter. What began in Acts 21 begin, was a storyline that went all the way into Acts 27. Now, when you listen to this story, he's getting beaten up. He's being pulled by then. The Roman guards come. They hear it. They pick him up and they take him to the barricade. And then he shows emotions of hand. He begins to explain to the people about an encounter that he had with God. He used his difficult circumstance to explain to an enemy crowd about a great encounter that he had with his Lord. When we go through storms, many of us take different responses to the storm. Some of us withdraw from the storm. Some of us, you know, we react to the storm. Some of us are angry with people in the storm. Some of us complain about why are, are these believers? Is this how they behave? But not Apostle Paul. He was very clear that if God was The the storm was there in his life. It was because God was with him in the storm. And I believe, you know, very powerfully in your life and my life, God can use the storms of our life to impact our life. Or we can even use those storms to impact the lives of other people. Apostle Paul begins from there and he begins to recount his story. And you know the story. And after giving the defense, there is a violent reaction from the people. They want to hurt him. They want to beat him up. And again, he is picked up and, and, and they take him away and they're trying to, the Roman guards are trying to rescue him and they bring him uh, all the way in, in chapter 23. And he's brought before the council. And before the council, one after the other, Paul is having to stand before the common man, before the mob. They want to kill him, but God rescues him. And, they, they, and the next day, again, they want to kill him and God rescues him. They make a plan to destroy him. God rescues him. They bring him before the council. And there in front of the council, he stands there and he begins to answer. And when the high priest asks him about what he is doing, he answers him and shares his story again and tells him how he's a Pharisee and he used that storm of his life to make it a place to become a testimony. You can convert your storms into your biggest testimonies. You can change your most difficult, painful circumstances. Circumstances where people don't even seem to be, you know, interested in your well-being. You know, in this particular pandemic, the challenge is that people can't even see each other. We can't visit one another or others' homes or call on each other or find out how we are doing. Now, even if though we care for one another, because there are restrictions in place. And it's those times we feel the most loneliest and we feel that people have forgotten and it's in those times when, when we almost sense in our heart that the people of God who are supposed to care the most are, are the very people that seem to have forgotten. In the storms of our life, many times we feel that God is forgotten and God's people have forgotten us even as we're going through that storm. Paul is standing before the council and he is giving an explanation and he tells them how he encountered with God in a very deep way. When he had given a testimony, even among the council and before the mob, uh, there became a very clear plan to kill him. And news about this was taken to the centurion. And he was brought to Felix. And, and Felix brings uh, in, in, to Felix, he's kept over there and he begins to testify. Paul began to use a storm to testify about the encounter with God. Began to use this, uh, the storm to testify to people who did not know about God. Many times when people come and they talk to us, you know, they ask us, how are you doing? And they say, you know, uh, I'm just killing time. or oh, I'm going through a very difficult season of my life. When people hear you or maybe they listen to me in some seasons of our life, they probably hear us complain. They probably hear us feel down. Or they see us wanting to withdraw from others. We don't want to talk to others. Why? Because we are going through a storm, but not Paul. Because Apostle Paul said, I know whom I have believed. He was very clear about his encounter with God and how he had believed and how God had called him. He begins to testify to Governor Felix and tells Governor Felix, you're familiar with the, the you know, these uh, things about the faith. And I want you to judge. I want you to try to understand. I want you to clarify. Is there anything I've done wrong? And Paul began to preach the gospel to Felix. And he began to tell Felix in Acts 24, he used to storm to preach the gospel. He used to storm. Just imagine you're going through a difficult time. And someone would ask you, why is it that you're, you know, uh, you're going, the situation of your life looks like God has left you. And that opportunity you say, no, God hasn't left me. It's just that the devil is trying to clarify that that he is the storm. But I want him to know I'm the storm that I can handle the storm, that I will arise on eagle's wings above the storm. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise a banner against the enemy. Today, God is calling you not just to survive the storm. God is calling you and me to be the storm. God, I believe that God wants us to be the storm. And, and this can transform not only your life, but just imagine. The number of people that will come your way, they'll inquire about your storm and they will hear the goodness of God through the testimony that you tell them because of the storm that you and I are going through. I want you to, long ago, I heard this story, this little quote, tough times never last, tough people do. And I have found it very real in my life. And I want to challenge you in, in today's circumstance that this storm is going to bring you out tested as gold. The storm is only to make you, there's a deep plan of God upon your life to bring you through the storm. So even from Felix, he preached to Felix about righteousness, about self-control and about the judgment to come. In the middle of the storm, he was telling Felix, Felix, I want you to know that there is a judgment to come. When you come out of the storm, I heard a quote one day, it said like this, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person that walked into it. That's what the storm is all about. Many people think that the storms in our life are only because the devil is throwing everything at us. Storms do a lot of things for us. Storms sometimes are the devil trying to destroy us. But storms are also sometimes in the midst of the storm, God teaching us how to sleep in the midst of the storm. It's God teaching us how to trust him in the middle of a storm. It's God teaching us how to love him in the middle of the storm. God teaching us how to use the storm to testify about the goodness of God. How to change a pain into a praise. How to change your trial into a triumph. A storm is an opportunity, you know, for for you and I to go down and get beaten by the storm or to spread our wings up out and to catch the wind and to rise like an eagle above the storm. And in chapter 25, Apostle Paul is brought before Festus, the governor. And there they try to kill him even on the journey. He comes before he goes to Festus. They put, you know, God protects him, keeps him. Because deep in his heart, in Acts 25, God had spoken to Paul saying that you are not going to die. You're going to stand before Caesar and there you're going to testify. You see a storm which started in chapter 21. Chapter after chapter was relentless. Again and again and again, people trying to kill him. People trying to hurt him. He first has to, almost beaten up by the mob. And then he gives an answer to the Roman people. And then he has to stand before the Jewish council. They want to kill him. And by then he he must have been getting tired of everything he had gone through. And from there he is taken before the governor Festus, uh, Felix. And there from Felix he is taken before Festus. And he must have been getting tired. And some of us must be also tired like Paul. We must be thinking in our heart, how long, oh Lord? Why are you doing this, Lord? Why are you allowing me to go through the storm? You know, a storm clarifies the strength of our character. A storm does not clarify the strength of the storm alone. The storm doesn't clarify the strength of the devil. The storm doesn't even clarify the ability of God. The storm clarifies the strength of our character. It shows where we stand. It shows how we are walking, what we are walking through, the journey that we are taking. After Felix and after explaining to Felix and sharing the testimony with Felix, and then he stands before King Agrippa. And before King Agrippa, the storm took him before another person, another king. And every time he's standing bound in his hands, in his heart, he's, he could have thought, why am I put to shame? Do they know who I am? I'm a Pharisee of Pharisee, concerning the law, blameless. Why am I put like this in chains? But he used that opportunity to preach the gospel to King Agrippa and his wife Bernice. And with great pomp when they came and stood before him. And the commanders and leading men of the city over there, apostle Paul changed that pain into God's purpose on his life. Changed that pain into God's power upon his life to preach the gospel to King Agrippa. After testifying before King Agrippa. Now Apostle Paul was going to begin the journey all the way to Rome because he had appealed to Caesar. You know, there was an opportunity he could have been released after them trying him earlier on. But because he had uh, appealed to Caesar, the king said, I can't let you go because you appealed to Caesar. You must go to Caesar. And there are many times in our life. It looks like, oh, if I had made that change or if i had made this small adjustment, If I had not appealed or if I had not prayed that prayer or maybe if I had not made that decision, things would have been different in my life. But I want you to know that sometimes in our life, some of the things that have happened to us or some appeals we have made sets us up for the greater things that God has got in store for us. Even though it means that we are continuing in the storm. That's what the devil wants from us. He wants us to give up in the midst of the storm. He wants us to give up and he wants us to say, I can't take this anymore. I have been so long. Some of us are saying today, I can't take this anymore. Maybe you are saying today, I can't take this anymore. Maybe you're saying, how long, Lord? It's been many years. Maybe you're saying, how long have I been waiting, Lord, that you would fulfill a prayer, that you will answer my prayer, Lord. And I want you to know that if God is allowing you and me to continue in the storm, because God is going to do something wonderful. Forward into Acts and chapter 27. The Bible says that Apostle Paul, along with many other the prisoners, it was decided that they should sail for Italy. And they proceeded to deliver these prisoners onto a ship. And they got on that ship and the next few days they're journeying and going from one place to another. And they sailed sail through the sea along Sicilia and Pamphylia and other places. And when they had gone many days, they came to a place uh, called Fair Havens and the considerable time had passed from the voyage now being dangerous since the the you know the the time you had passed by many days had gone by a journey was over it's at that time while paul is a prisoner and paul is on a ship going as a prisoner to rome when he's gone through Weeks and months of being left in prison with with uh, Festus and Felix and with the commanders and and six chapters of problems and and months and months that are gone by without a resolution. It was by now he should have given up. But in the midst of this time, Apostle Paul senses a voice from God. He comes there and he says to them in Acts 27 and verse 10, he says, "Men." I perceive that the voyage will be certainly be attended with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. In the midst of a storm in his life, Apostle Paul is walking up to these guys and saying, who are his captors? And he's telling them, hey guys, I just want to say something. While I was praying, I have a sense in my spirit that there's going to be a big storm. So far, you know, for Paul, it was his storm, his personal storm being arrested and taken. But now he was sensing the storm is coming for everybody all around. Not only that his storm, but his storm was also going to become a storm for everyone that was around. And sometimes you are going through a storm of your life, but now your family's in the storm with you. Your friends are in the storm with you. Your extended people, your neighbors, your neighborhood, everybody's in the storm with you. And here Apostle Paul is saying, I perceive that on the journey, there's going to be great damage. He began to tell them what I'm sensing from God. You know, he changed his storm into an opportunity to tell people what he was hearing from God. When you look at the life of Joseph, he was put in the prison 13 years of his life being persecuted and it's at that time he changed it in an opportunity to tell people what he was hearing from God in the prison he kept his spirit sharp God is encouraging you today and saying my dear brother my sister the Lord is encouraging you and saying can you stay sharp in the midst of your storm people might accuse you of various things people might say different things about you but God wants to encourage you and he wants to keep you sharp in the storm. But, you know, when you as a man or woman of God would go and share a prophecy like this to the captains of the ship, you almost, because you and I consider ourselves, you know, much, much more probably than other people think about us. We presume that if God would speak to us, everybody has to listen. Now let's see what happened. In Acts 27 verse 11, now the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship. So centurion is there, the pilot is there, the captain of the ship is there. And he's more persuaded by them than by what is being said by Paul. So Paul is advising them from the Holy Spirit. But the pilot, the captain and the centurion, they don't want to listen to Paul. They don't want to hear him. Now, if the centurion had listened to Paul, he could have chosen not to get on that ship. But the pilot and the captain, they advised him. And look what the Bible says in verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, because the circumstances or natural wisdom or natural counsel or previous experience told them this is not a good harbor for winter. The majority reached a decision. Sometimes we get into trouble in our life, not because we are not hearing from God. But because the majority don't agree with us. They just think together and they might put their previous wisdom together. And what they're saying is not wrong. That harbor, surely is not good for being there or for harboring in the winter time. And so the majority took a decision. You know, in our life, the majority sometimes affects us. The majority's opinions, the majority's decisions, the majority's plans in our life. And we may be so bound at that time that even though we tell them, Maybe we're not in a position to help them and we become the victim of the majority's choices. The majority is not always right. And because of the majority, you and I may go into a storm. And this may not be the last storm of our life. Because of the majority in Acts 21, Paul went into the storm. Because of the majority, he was beaten up by the mob. Because of the majority, he was arrested and sent to the council. Because of the majority, he spent months and months behind bars with Festus and Felix. And because of the majority now, he's getting on a boat. From the frying pan, he was going into the fire. Some storms are like that, isn't it? And we ask the Lord, Lord, why Lord? Why are you are allowing me to go through this? Now the Bible says the majority reached a decision. They talked about it, discussed it. And they decided to put out to sea. If somehow they could reach... Phoenix, the harbor of Crete. That was not a bad decision. They wanted to reach Phoenix because it's probably going to be a better harbor. Facing the southwest and the northwest and spend the winter there. And when a moderate south wind gave suddenly a wind, a moderate wind began to come. When a moderate wind came, supposing they had gained their purpose, which means, oh, they said, oh, our idea is now becoming perfect. Now is the time to go out there. Supposing they gained their purpose, they weighed anchor, And they begin to sail to craig. So here they're all setting out. And Paul has no choice. In your life and my life, like sometimes we have no choice. You know, our hands are bound. We have appealed to Caesar. On one side, what seems like the majority's decision that is getting us in trouble, like in the life of Paul and like in the life of Joseph, what seemed like the majority's decision that got us in trouble, I want you to know there was a hand of God behind it. Because God had prophesied and told him that I'm going to get you to stand before Caesar. Now look what happens. The majority, the, the wind began to blow. And the people had set out because of the majority. And before long, they rushed down and a land of violent wind called the Eurequilo. And when the ship was caught in it, could not face the wind and gave way, And they let themselves being driven. And they ran under the shelter of a small island called Cloda. We were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. And after they hoisted it up, they used supporting cables undergirding the ship and fearing that they might run onto the shallows of the citrus. They let down the ship's anchor and so they let themselves being driven along. Here is a storm, if only they had listened to you. Many times I have thought, if only they would have listened to me. All of us would have been saved from the trouble. If only they had listened to us. All of us would have been spared from this problem. If only they had listened to us. But God allows people not to listen to us. God allows people not to believe in us. In Acts 27:18, the next day, as they were being violently storm-tossed, they begin to jess in the cargo. So, so far, they try to hold the boat together and every effort of holding the boat together. You know, when we try to handle the storm, everybody's efforts come together and that still isn't enough. And they got to let go of the anchor and the, and the boat begin to sail away. And sometimes life's like that. It, we just feel totally out of control. Like we feel right now in this present circumstance, the pandemic all around the world, feel like things have gone out of control. We don't know what to do. Everything is just sailing on. At that time, it isn't enough. The storm is getting worse. And now they've got to throw the cargo off boat. Because a violent storm took over. The cargo was thrown off boat. And the Bible says in verse 19, On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Day after day after day after day, one by one, things begin to get worse. For Paul and all the people that were with him in the storm. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle on board. And since neither sun nor star appeared for many days, and no small storm was assailing us, from then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. Have you come to a place like that? Have you come to a place where you're saying, the storm is so hard, I feel like abandoning all hope. I feel I want to let go of everything. I can't, I can't take this anymore. I can't handle this anymore. I feel like letting go. And I want you to know that's what Apostle Paul's team felt like. That's what the people felt like on the boat. And for the people on the boat, that was just that small journey. But for Apostle Paul, it was a whole journey. And in that whole journey, it says that, that it felt like everything, all hope was, was gone. And when that all hope had been gradually abandoned and when they had gone a long time without food, no provision, problem after problem is building, no provision, no way to control the storm, no way to handle the boat, no cargo left, no way to ensure that they won't die. When all hope had gone, Paul stood up in their midst. Hallelujah. In the midst of their storm, when he tried to tell them before, They were not listening. I want you to know there will come a time in your life that they won't listen to you when you're saying things in your storm because you ain't primed enough for God to promote you to a place where your voice carries the authority of God. They would not listen to him. But now a time when all hope was abandoned, Paul stood up in their midst and said, Men, you ought to have followed my advice and not to have set sail from Crete. And yet now I urge you to keep your courage, for they shall no longer, no loss of life be among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood before me. People of God, I want to tell you, the first thing I want to tell you here today is that right in the midst of your storm, I want you to know that God has kept an encounter for you. In the middle of the storm. Right in the middle of the storm. Apostle Paul says. When everybody come down and abandoned all hope. God made him the voice of heaven. To the people on that ship. He stood up and said. People I want you to know. That last night. I would, don't be discouraged. But last night. An angel of God. In the midst of your storm. There is an encounter. In the midst of your storm, God can send an angel of God to stand and challenge you. In the midst of your storm, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me, saying, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. Now, what kind of a message is that? You know, you might think the angel of the Lord would have come and told him, Paul, I want you to know the storm has come. I'm going to kill all these guys, but I will save you. I mean, what kind of a message is that? That you are, instead of saying, I'm going to save you. The angel comes and says, I want you to know, you won't die in the storm. You are going to stand before Caesar. Many times we think when God delivers us from a storm, by a mighty arm, he answers our prayer to set us free so we can have a praise report. No, not in Paul's life. Paul's only praise report was the day he fulfilled prophecy. Because the Bible says in Acts 9... The Bible says that God spoke to him that I'm going to make you stand before kings and rulers and I'm going to make you a voice unto these people. And that prophecy began to be fulfilled when he stood before Festus and Felix and Agrippa. But that prophecy would not be fulfilled until he stood before Caesar. For many of us, God's answered prayer is a miraculous deliverance. But I want you to know, not for Paul. For Paul, God's answered prayer was fulfilling prophecy. It was him knowing that there is a prophetic word available for him in the midst of his storm. People of God, go after that prophetic word. Go after the voice of God. Go after what God is telling you today. Don't be discouraged in the midst of your storm. There is a prophetic word that is waiting for you in the midst of your storm. It's important to plan for the journey. It's important for you to, you know, there is still some extent we can plan. We can figure out how to get out of that trouble. But there's only so much we can do. After some time, our plans run out. Storms hit our life. Unexpected things come. But in the middle of that storm, I want you to know, God begins to come with an encounter for your life. And that encounter is not always an answer of deliverance. That encounter oftentimes is an answer of fulfilling the prophetic word over your life. So we see that he had an encounter with God in the midst of his storm, the angel of the Lord, just to declare to Paul that God is present in the storm. Many times people feel all alone in the midst of the storm, not for Paul. When the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him, gave him a prophetic word, Paul knew in his heart, that in the midst of the storm, when everyone else all around has lost hope, God was present with him in the storm. And the presence of God encouraged him. And when it, he got encouraged, he began to use that to encourage everyone else around him. And he began to use his prophetic word as a guideline to the rest of them and saying, God has spoken to me, I've got to stand before Caesar. And so I'm not going to die. And if you guys hang out with me, My faith is going to become a salvation for all of you. I believe in your storm, your faith can become a healing to many people all around. They will look at you and they will say, if he's got faith like that, surely his God is alive. And I want you to know God is going to do that through your life. Secondly, we see that in the midst of the storm, Apostle Paul's life, God began to become his all sufficiency. Not only was God present in the storm, God was now going to become announcing to the people that God had power over the storm. You see, when we begin our journey, it's important to plan for the journey. We make many plans. When we get on a journey, we plan, uh, we do what we can. We pack up stuff. We have sufficient money. We make the bookings and do all of that. There's so much we can plan. We can tell others. We can you know, call others on the journey and tell them we'll be there. We could be mentally prepared. We could carry the maps. But no matter how much we plan, There are many times in our life our plans just don't work out. The storm that came on the boat was not part of the plan. It was God's encounter that God had planned in part of the plan. And God began to speak to him and soon after the encounter, God wanted to tell Paul, Paul, I want to tell you something. Not only am I present in the storm, I want you to know I have power over the storm. When you go through a storm, I want you to know Jesus looks at the winds and the waves and he says, Shh, peace be still. He's got power over the storm. And we think that his power over the storm is to always silence it. Sometimes he may silence it. Sometimes he will take us safely through it. So that he can bring us as a voice to testify like Apostle Paul to stand before Caesar. He tells the people, don't be afraid because I have to stand before Caesar. So you keep courage. And I believe God for it will be turning out exactly as I have told. And we're going to run aground on some island, he prophesied. And on the 14th night had come, they reached some island. And the Bible says that the boat went and hit a reef and it broke into pieces. And they swam and they got onto that island. And people were there on the island. And the people on the island received them warmly. And they received them warmly and made a warm fire for them because it was cold and gave them some food. And uh, it's at that time, they they looked at them and said, oh, you know, these guys are lucky. But at that time, a snake came and crawled on Paul's arms. The people looked at him and he said, oh, he must be a terrible murderer. That is why the snake is wrapped around his eye, He's going to die. But Paul shook that snake off into the fire. And now they suddenly looked at Paul and the others and they said, this guy must be one of the gods. Because he shook the snake off into the fire. You know, everywhere he went, the power of God was with him. If he came through that boat and through the storm, God was with him. God said, my presence is with you. Not only presence, he said, now my power is with you. Power for what? The power for all sufficiency. That God was sufficient for him to get on that boat so that God could make a way for him to go to Caesar. That God was sufficient for him. For the angel to come and prophesy to him. For God was sufficient to him. To build his faith and increase his faith. That he might know how to encourage the rest of the people. That God was sufficient for him. To tell him that when he gets there. They're going to land up on an island. That God was sufficient for him. That his life was not going to go. The second thing I want to tell you today. When you're going through a storm. That, one, that God is your sufficiency. Because God is God who has got power. Over the storm. He is your sufficiency. The Bible says. And, and, and God what does he do for you. He makes you have all sufficiency. For every good work. For being able to stand before Caesar. God gave him power. Now many times we think in our heart. God why didn't you just deliver me. Why didn't you save me. Now apostle Paul at that time. When he comes there. And he shakes that snake away. They begin to call him like a God. When they treated him like an ordinary man. He didn't have a problem. When he they treated him like God, neither did he bloat up with pride and say, I am God. He stood there and in the midst of this disgusting, challenging, depressing season of storms, he stood there and began to preach the gospel to them. He began to tell them about the mighty works of God. You see, in the midst of your storm, have your story ready. Because the encounter you had with the angel must prepare you. For the great plan that God has for you in the coming days. He will make you and me stand before people and tell and testify about the goodness of God. Which means you have got to practice your story people. You have to practice your lines. That the next person that's going to come my way. I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be shy. I'm going to be ready with what I need to tell them. When we are on this journey different things happen to us. Resources can run low. They didn't have food. They didn't have water. They didn't have clothes. Their clothes must have been wet. Everything would have sunk in the ship. Sometimes we are confused. Why God from the frying pan to the fire? Why from the boat to a snake around my hand? But I want you to know. God is your all sufficiency. My God shall supply all your needs. According to his riches in glory. You may be confused. You may see danger after danger after danger on your way. And we wonder in our heart. Lord if you could only show me a clear GPS. But God allows you to go through that storm without a GPS. Because God himself. He will be present with you. He will be your GPS. So God will be present in the storm. God will be your power in the storm. But it doesn't end there. God wants you to know that God has a plan for you in the storm. That he spoke to this angel and he said that you will not die here. I'm going to make you stand before Caesar. There was a plan. You know, God announced his plan through the angel. To Paul, And when Paul stood there, his faith began to grow because he knew that the storm was not the end. God was present. God had power. But not only that he had power, God had a plan. And it's important for you to understand that not only God has power over the storm in your life, God's got a plan for you and me, brothers and sisters, in the midst of the storm. When they came on this island of Malta, and, and, and the Bible says the natives showed them extraordinary kindness. And it was raining and it's at that time the the snake wound out on their hand and they, they waited for him to swell up and die, but he wouldn't. And then at that time, they saw God was with him. And it came about that the father of Publius was lying in bed, affected with recurrent fever and dysentery. And Paul went to see him. And after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him and he healed him. Hallelujah. In the midst of the storm, no warm clothes, a fire, a snake winding around his hand. No boat to get safely. Looks like the journey to Italy was a dream. The angel came, but nowhere now to get safely into Italy to testify before Caesar. In the midst of that, Apostle Paul said, This is a great time to lay hands on the sick and pray for some healing. Maybe that's what God is telling you, brothers and sisters. This is a great time for you to testify about the goodness of God. This is a great time, not only for you to know that God is present with you in the storm. Some people are just happy saying that. Not only for you to know that God has power over your storm to bring you safely on the island. But I think it's important for you to know God has got a plan for you in the storm. God had a plan for him to stand there and to lay hands on the sick. And the man with fever and dysentery got healed immediately. After this had happened, the rest of the people on the island, Acts 28 and verse 9 Many who had diseases started coming to him. News went out that a man of God was there on the island. Now, Apostle Paul could have used this as an opportunity. He could have schemed with the leaders of the island how to save him from there. What do you mean, save him from the? People were freely coming to him and asking, "Can you pray for us? Can you lay hands on us? Can you heal us?" He could have asked them, "Can you do me a favor? Can you help me escape from these guys?" You know, Paul could have been a fugitive for the rest of his life, but he knew. The will of God was not for him to escape. Many people think the will of God is to get out of the storm. No, the will of God was to get to Italy and to stand before Caesar, to stand before Rome. Just That was the will of God. Do you know what is the will of God in the midst of your storm? The storm by itself, escaping the storm, a miracle by itself is not the will of God. The will of God is what you must go after. And he stands there and heals many people. Many were healed. Supplies came in. They supplied all their needs. And three months later, God sent a boat. After that storm, stranded on an island for three months. You know what that feels like? To be away from civilization. And the churches may be wondering about Paul. Is he alive? Is he dead? Rome is wondering. He hasn't reached. They wintered there. But I want you to know, God has got a plan in the midst of the storm. And Paul thanked them and he took courage and he went on the boat and after he went on and he went into this, uh, he went into, into Rome and when he reached Rome, they put him under house arrest and there he spent time in Rome in house arrest. And the Bible says when he was there, the brothers came to listen to him and he shared the gospel. And for the next couple of years, he stayed there preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God. And it was and things were reported about him. And he explained to the believers in Rome and the other Jews in Rome about the great things about Jesus of Nazareth. He not only knew that God was present in the storm. He not only knew about the encounter that he had with the angel when God was present. He not only knew that God had power over the storm to deliver him. But delivering from the storm was not the thing. He knew finally that God had a plan for him in the storm. And His plan was to bring him to Rome. And the Bible says they, he started persuading them about Jesus in Acts in chapter 28 and verse 23. Both from the law of Moses and the prophets, from morning to evening, he spent his time preaching the gospel. And some were persuaded and others would not believe. And when they did not agree with one another, they began to leave Paul and they parted. And you see, the Bible says that God used him over there. And he said that he stood up and and a a great dispute broke up among the Jews. And he stayed there two full years in his own rented quarters and welcomed everyone that came to him. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus with all openness and unhindered. I want you to know in the midst of your storm, God has a plan that all things work together for good for them that love God. That's God's plan for you. God has a prophetic plan. In the midst of your storm, brothers and sisters, seek the Lord. Ask the Lord, what is your plan in the midst of the storm? Don't say, God, get me out of the storm. Say, God, walk with me in the storm. Tell me where to get. Tell me your plan. I'm in, Lord. And you know, because you you and I are not the kind that runs away from a storm. We stand there and we say, God, you know, we may not have the best employers. We may not have the best family. We may not have the best financial situation. You may not have the best health condition all around you. You may not have the best future that is looking at you. But you have a God that has power over the storm. A God who's present in the storm. And a God that's got a plan for you in the storm. Ask God, what is your plan? And from Malta to Rome. He preached the gospel. Malta turned to God. He went to Rome and much of Rome. And people in Caesar's palace also began to turn to God. And God's purpose was fulfilled in his life. Don't make your life's journey without purpose. We need to understand this plan. God will fulfill that purpose and he will be your all sufficiency. He will supply your needs. Even though you're in the dumps financially, God will pick it up from there. In the midst of your no man's land, in your midst of your nobody is there for you. I want you to know God has got a plan in the midst of your storm. In the midst of the storm, he will keep you in perfect peace for those that love his word. God will keep you in such peace that others will look at you and say, how are you so peaceful in the storm? And you will look at them and say, my peace comes from the Lord because my God has got a plan for me in the midst of the storm. He preached the gospel to Malta. He took the gospel to Rome and to Spain and to all those regions after that because Paul knew the storm was not the end of his life. The plan of God was the end of his life. And that's the same thing is going to be with you. And just remember when you're going through the storm, that's not the end of your story. Just remember that God is present with you in the storm. God's got power over the storm. And God's got a great plan for you in your life with the storm. And just when the devil comes and whispers in your ear, saying that you're not strong enough to withstand the storm, just go back today and tell the devil, Devil, I am the storm. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.